Hello and welcome to the Physio DC podcast. I'm Kira Davis and today we have with us Janae Desikowicz to discuss bridging the gap between rehabilitation and independent exercise. Janae is one of the talented fitness professionals and a practice director over at Medical Exercise Trainers located in Washington DC. Today we're going to talk a little bit about Janae, a little bit about personal training or working in the fitness industry and how somebody, um, how it can help somebody that's trying to get back to full activity after an injury. This is particularly important to me because as a physical therapist working in an insurance-based payment structure, it's sometimes hard to see your patients all the way through uh, to their previous level of activity. For a lot of people that don't understand how it works, when your health insurance is paying for your PT services, they can basically determine what they're willing to pay for and how much they're willing to pay for. The thing that most insurance companies do is either have an allowable number per visit that can um, be anywhere between 20 visits a year to 100 visits per year or per condition. And some other plans will pay for PT based on medical necessity. Now this is where things get a little crazy because a patient's definition of medical necessity is a lot different from an insurance company's. A person that was a marathoner that maybe had a knee injury and possibly surgery is going to think that it's medically necessary for them to get back to running marathons and the insurance company basically just wants to make sure that they can get up and down the stairs safely and maybe walk 2,000 feet independently and safely so that they can get to their mailbox. So there's usually pretty large of a gap. And that's not to say that your physical therapist is going to kick you out once your insurance stops paying, but somebody's got to pay. So unless you're willing to uh, pay out of pocket, which some patients are, and that's great, then we can see you all the way through. But oftentimes people just want to work with their insurance company. So that is where we are going to talk to Janae. So Janae is one of the fitness professionals that I mentioned over at Medical Exercise Trainer. So Janae, tell us a little bit about your sports history. Yeah, I um born and raised in uh, Canada, so I grew up playing ice hockey and field lacrosse. At age 17, I was named to the Canadian National Lacrosse Team, where I recognized the opportunity for a collegiate career in lacrosse. Um, so I played field lacrosse at the University of Louisville in Kentucky, where I studied exercise science and earned a master's degree in exercise physiology. And it was, you know, through the experience as a Division One athlete and the education where I found a true passion for the biomechanics of exercise and helping others. Nice. When did you first start playing sports? How old were you? Oh man, as soon as I could walk, I was on skates. Wow. That's it's. <laughs> this sounds like a stereotype, but it is not. <laughs> you must you must skate as soon as you can walk. That sounds like <laughs> the Canadian experience. So, considering you started playing sports when you were so young, like. Were you ever conscious about injury prevention? Was that ever something that they talked to you about in coaching or at some point, because you're a woman and women are more sensible, did you think about that at some point? It's interesting. I was always pretty injury prone as a kid. Like I would roll my ankles running, you know, a little bit of a, of a bruiser. I would always fall down on like the roll blades, scraping up my whole face, and whole, <laughs> you know, whole body. But when I first started thinking about injury, I was 15 years old. And I was, um, I remember this vividly, I was going to go rollerblading and I was lacing up my rollerblades and I stood up and I felt this pop in my knee. And turns out after, you know, a month or two of physical therapy, I finally got the MRI, I had torn my meniscus in that right knee. Big, 
bucket handle tear, and this actually took me out of playing competitive hockey. Moving forward, now you know I've recovered from my injury. I'm now playing competitive field lacrosse. I never really thought about injury prevention until college, where I learned about hip and knee angles, especially in women. Yeah. This Q angle, and as women athletes are more prone to torn ACLs and meniscus yeah. and this, you know, this triad uh, phenomenon. In college, I was fortunate enough to work with elite professionals in strength and conditioning. Um, so we would spend 30 minutes every day prior to practice working on the biomechanics of running, jumping, change of direction, proper lifting mechanics. Now, I, I saw the, the fittest women, the fastest, strongest, fittest, fittest women still tearing their ACLs. Yeah. Just landing mechanics, the pivot, the force going through that, that ligament. It just, it does not stereotype, it does not discriminate. It does not. Um, so I'm able to apply what I've learned from my own experiences into my own programming when working with clients, especially young female athletes. Okay. Yeah, it seems like that's crazy that that first injury that you remember, it doesn't even seem like you were really doing anything nuts. You just kind of stood up. And yep. No pain prior. It's oh. not like I had, you know, a sore knee or sore muscles. It was just a you know, freak thing. And I guess the angles of just standing up. Yeah. The meniscus. Women don't have it easy orthopedically, <laughs> especially as a teenager. Right. Yeah, exactly. um, so aside from that meniscal injury, have you had any other major injuries to note? I know that you recently were working with us at Physio DC on, on a knee injury. Any other major injuries that you had, or would you like to discuss that one at all? I mean, I could, I could be here all day talking about my injuries. Um, <laughs> as I said, despite all the injury prevention training through college yeah. and, you know, being the fittest, strongest individual that I could be, I went through three of the, the triad knee yeah. surgeries. So that's a torn ACL, medial, uh, medial collateral ligament, lateral collateral ligament and meniscus. So wow. like the big three, I went through three of those major procedures wow. all on my left knee, accompanied by at least 10 arthroscopies, and PRP injections and shots. And that was all to my left side. You know, I can look back on each injury and actually remember what injury felt like. You know, as a division one career collegiate athlete, it's your job to play sports. And I never really had time to, you know, feel bad for myself or mm -hmm. sorrow. I needed to move forward. My mindset was always get the surgery done as quick as I can, get back on the field, doing my job as quick as I can. Yep. Um, you know, after college, I thought that I was all clear from any more surgeries until one day I was running and, you know, on the treadmill and my <laughs> knee completely buckled. I was running in a straight line and my knee just collapsed and it was this big crunch and it was nothing that I've ever felt before. Yeah. And I still remember what it feels like to tear my, um, ACL to tear your meniscus and this wasn't that feeling that's when I showed up to physio DC and I was referred to a knee specialist in the Washington DC area Dr. Fawcett who went through um, the whole procedure MRI actually put me through a scope to get a clear visual of what was going on inside the knee right and he noticed that the medial meniscus in that left knee was completely gone wow it looked like uh, you know two shiny cue balls rubbing together uh, luckily there was no damage to the to the bone or no damage to the cartilage it was pretty fresh yeah he explained that I was a great candidate for a new procedure which was a meniscus transplant I thought how cool yeah uh, you know I'm on my feet all day long I I'm only lasting like four four hours on uh, standing throughout the day you know I need to do something right. I might as well try this 
and you know salvage whatever's left of the cartilage in my knee. So on December 3rd in 2017, I went through with this meniscus transplant and it was the longest recovery out of all the surgeries that I've been through. It was six weeks of non-weight bearing and it almost made me lose my mind, <laughs> but it was worth it. The uh, procedure has been life-changing. I never realized how much pain I was in until I fully recovered from this from this injury. You know, it, your pain is, it affects your energy, it affects your mood. Yep. It, just, it just brought so much life back into to my career and to, to, to my job. So I think the, uh, the meniscus transplant, my, my most recent injury is the most memorable injury I've, I've been through. It's pretty cool to go through a procedure that's still new and have it be successful. Yeah. That's the, that's always the gamble and the scary part, you know, cause you just don't know since it hasn't been done all that much, um, relatively if, you know, what your result's going to be. Um, so it's actually interesting that you brought up that particular injury because for anybody that's interested in learning more about it or even learning more about Janae's experience, we have a few different blogs on our website on physiodc.com where we talked about that particular recovery. Um, and there, I think we have it in like two or three phases, maybe even more different, uh, maybe three or more blogs just specifically on how your recovery process was going because it was so new to all of us and really interesting so if anybody's interested in looking more into that please make sure to visit our site and take a look at some of that blog article there all right wow Janae you've had a lot going on (laughs) so with all of that like I would just assume based on everything that you just mentioned that this is kind of what got you into the fitness industry. Am I wrong? (laughs) You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I think you nailed it on the head. You mentioned the word medically necessary. Mm -hmm. And that is the, you know, the focus group that I wanted to, to work with. You know, I spent so much time in my, you know, as, as an athlete, growing up um, that I developed my closest relationships with physical therapists. There's so much trust there uh, that I knew that I wanted to be a part of this culture in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so with my master's in exercise physiology, I had to make a choice between working in a lab where you mentioned the insurance companies are involved and you have to work through these 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 barriers yeah. and you can't really go outside those barriers. And I witnessed, um, you know, in a physiology lab, people suffering recovering from stroke or heart attack and all I care about is just getting them like you said walking up the stairs a couple steps walking through the door yeah and that is what's medically necessary it was it was pretty clear that my choice would be the hands-on approach and that's where I found medical exercise specialist was was my home that's amazing and it's it's funny as uh we were talking a little bit earlier before we even started to hit the record button on this Um, you gave me a little education on some terminology that I was using and I just kind of want you to give a a little discussion a little brief explanation on this so I was ignorantly using the word personal training um, and you gave me a wonderful correction and saying that you know you guys really like to um, use the title fitness professional can you tell us just a little bit about that why that's a why, why that's where this industry is moving. Definitely. Well, to, to date, the, the, the fitness profession is not regulated. Um, there are over 200 certifying bodies that vary greatly in credentials. 
some certifying bodies just make you take a test and then you were rewarded with a certificate, a piece of paper. Right. You are then, by law, you know, you're supposed to go off what that certificate says. Okay. So I do not hold a certificate that says personal training. Okay. So I'm not a certified personal trainer. I see. Um, you know, we, the fitness professional uh, is a broad spectrum to group us all in there. Okay. And then there are different certifying certifications that then follow. You know, some, like I said, some certifying bodies just make you take a test. You can go online, you know, go ahead and Google personal right. training certificate and right. take, take a look at all the results that pop up. Um, and then there's others that require, you know, a four-year degree or a certain number of hands-on experience. So it's based on the, you know, the credentials to actually qualify for a certain title right. that you, you follow what you are certified as okay yeah that's really interesting because that's always the thing that I think a lot of people can tend to be concerned with they just don't really know and I try to tell my patients that are looking into going to the gym and getting back into exercise but not sure what to do they always say well should I see a personal trainer and I said well Maybe that would be helpful, but unfortunately, sometimes I see a lot of my patients because of personal trainers, and it's really hard to know what to look for. Are there any specific credentialings uh, that you know people can look for? I noticed on, you know, on your guys's website, a lot of you um, are medical exercise specialists under the AAHFRS. Um, so are there particular, you know, acronyms or initials that people should look for to know that they're looking for, they're looking to see somebody that actually has really good experience, understands their physiology and not just somebody that took a test online and printed out a certificate? Because I tell you, one day I was treating a patient who was a personal trainer and you can tell his knowledge of the human body was that of which came out of men's health magazine he really hadn't i was teaching him basic mechanics on some shoulder stuff and and he even said to me he said you know sometimes i'm at work and i just really don't know what i'm doing and i was like that's terrifying and i feel like you should go into something else because that's scary to me and you know what and then there are you know fitness professionals that have all of the credentials Mm -hmm. and still they just don't have the experience or the communication skills or the ability to program a safe and effective, you know, safe and effective exercise program. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, it's, it's a fine line between education and experience. And it's also finding someone that understands you and can relate to you. A lot of it is about trust and communication. Right. Okay. So I was going to ask you, you know, since we're talking about credentialing and, you know, the experience and everything like that. You over here work at Medical Exercise Trainers, and I kind of want to know what sets you guys apart from all the other fitness facilities in this area, the boutique gyms, the personal training suites, all of that stuff. What sets you guys apart? Yeah, absolutely. I will go ahead and definitely, you know, boast about Medical Exercise Trainers um, and just focus on what I'm sure of. Okay. When I'm absolutely positive, I can tell you about our company. Um, you know, we can, we can go and look at the other gyms that are out there, but I can't, I can't speak for them. Right. And I will never speak bad about them. That's fair. Okay. There's, there's <laughs> someone, there's, there's a, no, there's a gym, there's a fitness boutique that's, 
you know, there, there's for everybody. Yeah. You know, it's not for one single person. It's not for everybody. Right. And it just goes back to no single body is ever the same. Um, so the difference at here at MedX uh, lies in, like I said, education and experience. All staff here at Medical Exercise Trainers are certified medical exercise specialists. Personal trainers are certified to work with those who are asymptomatic. Okay. Where we are certified to work with those who are coming from recovering from an injury, transitioning out of physical therapy, or have a long-term chronic condition. To become a certified medical exercise specialist and to even work at medical exercise trainers, we require 400 hours of hands-on training on top of 100 hours in a clinical observation before any of our trainers can work one-on-one with a client. We like to see ourselves here as what we call the tertiary care because we do not provide treatment or we, and we do not diagnose. We develop the exercise programs. You have your primary care physician, who is number one, all right? So say you have, you know, pain in the knee, you're going to go see your, your primary care physician, mm-hmm. who then refers you to your secondary care provider, which would be physical therapist, right. chiropractor, maybe massage therapist, all right? And then we come in as that tertiary care, and our mission there is to, is to bridge the gap between your health care and the fitness. Um, so we communicate with your referring provider to keep them informed with any significant changes, red flags, or awesome improvements. Right. So the main difference here at MedEx is the ability and the knowledge and experience to work with those with a condition. Yeah. Okay, whether it's an acute injury or a chronic long-term condition such as uh, hypertension, fibromyalgia, and, you know, obesity is a chronic condition. Right. Low back pain is becoming a chronic condition. Yeah. Um, we are beyond comfortable working with these conditions that that have a fine line. Yeah, and that's really important um, that you mentioned because as a physical therapist, I do find myself sending patients to you (laughs) Um, because I know that you guys will care about what their blood pressure is and care about the fact that maybe they have a sacroiliac dysfunction when you guys are working on building leg strength for, you know, for whatever their goal is. And I don't have to worry that you're going to hurt them because you understand how the body works. You understand the kinesiology and the kinematics of it all. Because let's be honest, when people are working out hard, sometimes they whine. I'm the biggest whiner. You know (laughs) that. That's not true. You've seen me in action here. (laughs) And I am constantly saying, oh man, do I have to do this? And Yes, I know I have to do it. I'm not the type of person that will say something hurts if it doesn't hurt. But there are many people that will say this really doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. just because they want to get out of it. And a lot of uh, trainers may just make them push right through without asking, well, where does it not feel good? And what are you feeling? And you guys tend to ask the right questions to figure out what's really going on. Is this just normal muscle development that's happening? Or is this person... Uh, dealing with some inflammatory situation right. that needs to be addressed in that moment. Um, At the end of the day, we work for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, you know, we don't accept insurance. We do accept health spending or flex saving accounts. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we work for you. So you are hiring us. You're putting your body, your health, your wellness into our hands. Right. We want to make sure that you're enjoying it along the way. Exactly. You know, we don't want to cause any pain, but we definitely want to identify 
what is causing pain. Right. And there are, you know, there are different types of pain. There is that muscular pain. There is that joint pain. Mm-hmm. Our biggest thing here is to educate each client on their own body. Yeah. You know, constantly asking, where do you feel this? What do you feel? How does it feel? Yep. If you want to make a change in your overall fitness level, you have to be in tune with what the body's feeling. Exactly. Can you engage your glutes right now just sitting here? Right. You know, a lot of people can't. Right. Can you engage <laughs> your core? All of the core, not just your abs. Right. Do you know what all of your core is? Exactly. Right? A lot of people have no idea what, what you're saying when you is. say contract yeah. your core. They're like, I don't know what that is. Well, I'm flexing my abs. <laughs> that's just, that's not your core. There's yeah. more to it. Right? So we are very big on educating each client on their own mechanics, right. what we're seeing, so that when they leave each session, they feel 100% better, yeah. more confident about themselves knowing that they can exercise safely on their own right. um, and, and hopefully looking forward to coming back for exactly. harder, more physical work that they never thought they could do before. Right. And that's really the empowering thing about this and why I really wanted to talk with you because, like I mentioned, you know, a lot of patients, when they get injured, especially if it's their first injury or their first surgical procedure, they are just freaked out by anything. If they feel the smallest thing, these, and I'm talking about people that have just been great athletes, but lucky to never get injured. They lose all sorts of confidence in their body and they're terrified to go out on their own and just go back to the gym and do what they think is okay. Cause they are not sure. So it's so empowering when there is somebody like you and like the other fitness professionals where you work that can help build some of that confidence in these um, people so that they can stick with you and at some point be comfortable enough doing more independent activities and independent workouts to get back to where they were before. Um, And that's why I really wanted to talk to you because it's a huge deal learning how to bridge that gap. There are a lot of people that after injury just feel like they're never going to be the same again, never going to be able to get back to what they used to do. And I love going on our Facebook page and seeing former patients doing wonderful things like biking across the country and running Ragnars and rock climbing and getting back into things that they just never thought they could do again. Living their life. Just living Living their their life life again. Um, so I really want to thank you for all of that. Um, one more thing, um, about this whole personal training and the fitness industry. We mentioned, you mentioned earlier that like every, every facility is different and, and there's going to be something different for everybody. So, you know, what should somebody look for when they're looking for somebody to help them with their workouts or, you know, a personal trainer or fitness specialist? Um, is it more about, you know, if they have injury or is, do you find that personal factors work in best when they're thinking about stuff like that? Like, do you have any insight on what you think people should look for? I would encourage anyone who's looking for a fitness professional to first identify what their own fitness goals are. Mm-hmm. Remember that fitness isn't just what you see in the mirror. It's not just toning up the muscle. Fitness has many components. Right. All right, it's got muscular strength, muscular endurance, agility, cardiovascular health. All right, so there are a lot of components to fitness that need to be uh, accounted for. So ask yourself, 
what type of fitness program are you looking for? Okay. I always suggest finding a fitness program that you can sustain throughout your life. Right. All right. CrossFit classes are great for those who can do it. Can't sustain that type of yeah. That's a lot intensity of intensity for the remainder of your life. Yeah. All right. So finding you know a professional um, who has the education and experience. Uh, as I said, because fitness is crucial, a crucial component to living a healthy life. You know whether you're recovering from an injury looking to lose weight or trying to reduce high blood pressure, look for a fitness professional who can relate to your individual needs and goals. Um, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to give us a little bit of a grilling uh, to become more well-informed. You never want to second guess any decision or any exercise that your fitness professional has given to you. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling uncomfortable, it's gone too far. Right. Right. And it's important to remember that the trainer needs to put your well-being above all else. So I suggest, you know, scheduling a a consultation, a meeting, getting to know someone one-on-one, putting down the the cell phone and just doing it via email. Show up, interview the person in person and get a feel to see if you can connect with them. Yeah, I think that's a really good good idea, just going in, um, talking to the person. A lot of the times you just get a vibe. You know, like, are we going to get along? Are we going to vibe? Do you seem like you're interested in what I have to say? Um, I think that's that's really important. Not to mention, like, facilities, you know. Sometimes you, some people need a lot of feedback. And so a place with many mirrors and measurable things like scales and stuff like that is something that drives them and, uh, I'll mention one form of cardio activity that I do. I hate doing cardio, Janae. I really, really <laughs> That's do. That's the most important muscle care is your it, heart. Come I on. know. <laughs> I, I just really don't love it, but I do this one workout. It's a dance fitness cardio, and it's amazing. It's, it's very similar to like Zumba, and I think a lot of people are intimidated by that, maybe because they're not a great dancer or anything like that. This place is literally in a warehouse with zero mirrors and it's dark and there's club lighting. And just that alone helps so many people that would naturally be a little bit hesitant to go and just move a little bit more. Um, So that place is not for everybody, but I love it because it's fun for me. But I've had lots of people that are like, I would never do Zumba class. It's too embarrassing that go to this place and love it because there's nobody to really see you or what's going on what's and the name you can't of this really place? let's share that name this place is casa shay it's, cool it's the best i love it awesome. <laughs> exactly environment is really important yeah so i, I think going in and seeing like you mentioned seeing the seeing the person not just you know emailing or calling is really important definitely all right so janae now we're going to get off of this topic i want to know a little bit more about you just personally so i want you to tell me What's your favorite thing to do on a Saturday morning? Like if you just had your perfect day, no responsibilities, and you just could do whatever you want, what would you do? That's that's interesting. I, uh, <laughs> you know, in this profession, we're up early for the early birds before work. Yeah. And then we're, you know, we're working late for those who can fit in a workout after work. <laughs> so my Saturday morning is going to involve, you know, involve a little bit of sleep. Okay. Maybe I'll sleep in 8 a.m. <laughs> oh. No, just sleeping in for You me. are partying hard. <laughs> um, and it's going to be, you know, getting up, having a cup of coffee, going for a hike with the dog. Nice. And that Billy Goat Trail, something, yeah. something easy, not too hard. Right. I also love to cook. Okay. So let's say we follow that hike with, you know, a homemade 
brunch, and you know, just some good music. That sounds uh, it's awesome. Nothing too crazy. Pretty simple. Pretty laid back. Nice and laid back. And it's chill. nice to uh, <laughs> unwind after a week of being so hands on and so stimulated by so many people talking right. to them and getting to know yeah everyone. So that it's nice to amazing. just wind down on a Saturday. Yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, and get in nature for sure. You bet. You yeah. Bet. That sounds awesome, Janae. I wanted to just thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me and helping explain um, to all the people listening why it's important to think about your fitness and think about your health and ways that you can help to help yourself to get more fit, particularly after injury, after physical therapy, once, you know, insurance sites, they're not paying anymore and you don't want to come out of your pockets um, too much. And, you know, let's also get this straight. Janae is seeing a lot of patients or clients that are not just former patients. She's an amazing fitness professional. And it's not just about people that are semi-broken. Exactly. (laughs) She's seeing lots of people that are healthier and more fit than myself and making them even better <laughs> ready for a, a some new a new routine yes you know the body loves change yeah. it really does so just ready for a, a new view on what fitness is and yep and covering the entire spectrum of fitness yeah so if you guys are interested in ever meeting Janae or coming to visit uh, medical exercise trainers Janae how can they reach you uh, we are best reached by email Okay. okay, so info at medextrainers.com. You can also go on our website, medextrainers.com, and uh, you know, send us a quick email, a little bit about yourself, and we will respond within, within the day. Anyone is also more than welcome to stop by. We are at 1001 Connecticut Ave, Suite 535. Um, we always encourage walk-ins to come in and check, check out the environment, introduce yourselves, and, and meet the team. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Shanae. Thanks again. And I'm sure you have somebody to go uh, make sweat a little bit right now. (laughs) Definitely. And I'm going to see if I can sweat a little bit too before I start seeing patients. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you, Kira.